0: Section twelve of the Strange Visitation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. The Strange Visitation, by Marie Corelli. Section twelve. Now came soft pauses of silence flashing gleams of color like broken rainbows floating at will through the pure ether, glimpses of clear sky wherein the greater planets shone gloriously, resembling revolving lights set in the watch towers of heaven, straying films of pearly vapor through which the moon peered fitfully with a doubtful brilliancy, then lo, the dear familiar earth, lifting its dark rim against the pale blue reaches of the morning, and then the sun, warm with its golden heart's effulgence, the splendid orb of life and health and beauty rose in a flood of glory over the mountaintops and over the seas, spreading radiance on the wintry fields, illumining the leafless trees, and deepening to a more vivid scarlet the berries of the thick green holly and the dainty feathers on the breasts of the robins. And the bells... Oh, the bells, how they rang, how they sang, in all the turrets and steeples of every church that lifted its shining spire to the sunshine, Peace, Goodwill, Peace, Goodwill, they seemed to say over and over again, with such a gladness and a thankfulness in their soft chiming as made the heart grow full of tenderness and tears, and now, all suddenly A tremulous little chorus of small, fresh voices began to mingle with the bell's sweet tune. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Saviour was born on Christmas Day. Then came a pause, a murmur, and again the quaint old melody began. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Uttering a smothered cry, Josiah MacNason started to his feet. What? What was this? Where was he? Wildly he stared about him, and then with a kind of hysterical shout recognized his surroundings. I'm at home, he cried. At home? In my own house? IN MY OWN ROOM, THANK GOD. Pressing his hands to his forehead, he gazed bewilderedly at every familiar object. There was his desk, his armchair. He seemed to have just sprung out of that chair. The fireplace, where now there was no fire, but only a heap of white ashes in the grate. The telephone—ah, that telephone! His papers, books, letters, ink, pens, ledgers, and a checkbook. On this last object, his eyes rested meditatively. "'It was a dream,' he muttered. "'A horrible, horrible dream. Nothing else. It was a dream.' "'It wasn't.' The answer came as sharply and with remarkable emphasis. Josiah trembled violently. He was not yet alone then?' A sudden thought struck him, and a light came into his eyes, a light new and strange that gave them quite a youthful sparkle, At any rate, he said, I'll be before Pitt this time, I'll I'll cut him out, and sitting down at his desk, he drew pen and paper to his aid, and wrote the following: My dear sir. I am exceedingly sorry to hear of your precarious condition of health, especially when I recall the strength and activity which used to distinguish you so greatly at one time when you did such excellent work for the firm. I understand from my overseer, Mr. Pitt, that a couple of hundred pounds will be useful to you at this particular juncture, and I have much pleasure in enclosing you a check for that amount as a slight testimony of my great appreciation of your former faithful services, trusting you will pull through your illness, and assuring you of the great satisfaction it gives me to be of assistance to you in a time of need, believe me, with best wishes for a pleasant Christmas, yours obliged and sincerely, Josiah McNason. Taking his cheque book, he wrote the required formula that two hundred pounds should be paid to William Dove, or order, and signed his name, Josiah McNason, with a free, proud dash under the signature that made it even more characteristic than usual. Putting letter and check in an envelope, he sealed and addressed it to William Dove Esquire and enclosed the whole packet in another envelope with a few words addressed to Mr. Pitt. I think, he said then with a bland, almost smiling air, That will do for Mr. Pitt. Mr. Pitt will find himself out of court this time. He got up from his desk and stood irresolute. Then he rang his bell. This must be taken by special messenger, he said. There's no late post on Christmas Day. He smiled and rubbed his hands. At that instant the door opened and his servant Towler appeared with a pale, rather scared face. Good morning, Towler. Good morning, sir. Glad to see you well, sir. Glad to see me well? Have I been ill then? No, sir, at least I hope not, sir. But I went to call you at seven o'clock, as you told me, sir, and you weren't in your room, and your bed hadn't been slept in, and I, er, didn't know what to think, sir. I didn't dare to come in here. I was busy, said Josiah calmly. Very busy, tremendously busy all night. What time is it now? Nine o'clock, sir. And it's Christmas Day, isn't it? Yes, sir. Here's a sovereign for you. And Macnason handed that coin to his astonished retainer and just get someone to take this letter to Mr. Pitt's house at once. It's important. Yes, sir. Uh, Certainly, sir. Uh, Thank you, sir. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Backing deferentially out of his master's presence, Teller ran downstairs as fast as he could into the servants' hall, there announcing that— Something's happened to the governor— HE'S TOO PLEASANT TO LAST!" And Macnason, still standing thoughtfully by his desk, repeated again in an undertone, "'It was a dream. It must have been a dream!' "'It wasn't!' And a shrill falsetto voice rang clear on the silence. Hoo, roo Don't you dare to call me a dream!' and with a violent shock of renewed terror, Macnason saw, poised between him and the sunlight which poured through the windows, the goblin shrunk in size to the smallest, quaintest creature possible, holding over its strangely shaped head a sprig of holly, exactly as a man holds an open umbrella. "'I'm going,' it said. "'But don't you be such a fool as to think yourself a something.' "'and me a nothing. "'You'll make an awful mistake if you do.' "'I'm sorry,' said Macnason humbly. "'I don't want to make any more mistakes.' "'You'd better not,' said the goblin, "'and its form began to grow more vague and indistinct. "'You've got the chance you asked for, "'but if you lose it now i won't what would you like to think was only a dream is a supernatural reality went on the goblin it has all happened or it will happen if you don't take care if your mind breeds disease so will your body and sir slasher will have to be called in and if he's once called in you will be called out mcnason shuddered but was silent You've begun to keep Christmas in the proper way for the first time in your life. And the goblin's voice grew fainter and fainter. But if you don't go on keeping it. I will, cried Josiah eagerly. I will. In the spirit of one Timothy too. I will. Grace, mercy, peace. The words floated on the air like a breath, and then the goblin turned its back and began to trot slowly away under its holly sunshade. Smaller and smaller it grew, till it looked no bigger than a tiny Christmas doll on a Christmas tree. And then, all at once, a shining tangle of golden curls and a glitter of sparkling eyes flashed against the window. A semicircle of children pressed their round, rosy faces close to the panes. "'and again began to sing. "'God rest you merry gentlemen, "'let nothing you dismay. "'Remember Christ our Savior "'was born on Christmas Day.' "'Whereat, the great Josiah Macnason, "'multi-millionaire, laughed, "'actually laughed. "'Going to the window, he threw it open, "'and putting a hand into his pocket, "'he took out a bunch of silver.' "'Hello, youngsters!' he cried. "'Christmas morning, eh? Here you are!' And out flew three pences, six pences, and shillings in a shower. "'Fair play!' he exclaimed. "'Equal profits. Don't trample one on the other. "'Girls first, boys next. The strong must help the weak.' that's right all good friends together all happy no envy no jealousy all peace and goodwill a merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas shouted the astonished children as jumping for joy they gathered up their gifts merry christmas lisped a small boy with a flaxen head sturdily clambering up to the window from the lawn a couple of feet below and looking boldly in the face of the world's celebrated rich man, "'God bless you!' And the rich man answered gently, "'God bless you, little man!' Then the whole group of young folks, determined to do the best they could for what they had received, burst out again in lusty chorus, "'God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay!' "'Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day?' And Josiah McNason, listening quietly, while the old carol was sung through, saw as he gazed beyond the children's faces into the Christmas morning sunshine, a tiny shape slowly disappearing into space, a shape so delicate as to seem no more than one of the sunbeams, while a voice, fine and far, yet clear as a flute, said remember i will he answered under his breath in the spirit of one timothy too Goodbye," whispered the goblin grace mercy peace and christmas day said josiah i shall remember the end end of section twelve Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. End of the Strange Visitation by Marie Corelli.